Welcome to She Said Let's, where we chat the tricks and treats of the business of film and TV, shine a light on women who've empowered us, and dish on plot twists in our life we just had to say. Let's too. In today's episode, we'll be creating a new life for ourselves after a life full of murder, a la use Joe Goldberg and how did we get here? Reminisce on our teenage years in Let's Go Back and find out which character we are in the after party. I'm Kay. And I'm Hannah. And today we have a very special guest, writer, producer, Joe Mamba. I met Joe over the pandemic in 2020 in a Discord channel that he runs called WGA Virtual Mix. And we will mention that they have no affiliation to the WGA. But anywho, we got to chatting about some writing classes I'd taken and then kept in touch, giving each other notes on our scripts, and then eventually meeting at some of the meetups in town, including his own. What do you remember about when we when we first met? Any fun tidbits you want to add like for the Matt listeners? Online? Like yeah. uh, over the Discord? Or, yeah, yeah um, sure. I just appreciated that um, you, like, a lot of people don't, because I remember you reached out to me first, I believe. And or no, I think I reached out to you because I was curious about a class. Yeah, because uh, I had uh, mentioned something like, "Hey, if anybody has any questions, let me know." Or whatever. Yes, it was writing pad. But like, I don't know. Like we generally, I ask a question, people just go, "This is the this is the thing," and then they you know log off. But we actually kept a pretty awesome rela- uh, relationship after that, and we kept going. I was like, "She wants to keep talking, cool." And so um, I just really appreciated the honesty you gave me for the course because it wasn't um, writing pad ended up being really great. But you also like showed the positives with that but also like hey here's the downside like here's yeah the so um i like to be a realist yes she does she <laughs> does yes and then i so appreciated that because most people go like it's amazing and then you try it and you go like this was an issue so um for me though i appreciated your honesty and then we just naturally ta- uh, talked after that yeah it was just natural and great and yeah um, i appreciated it awesome well I think personally, I've always been drawn to people who take initiative to do something for like the greater good of groups of people um, that we care about, hence this podcast. So Joe, when do you think that started in you? And then what drew you to doing that with the WGA virtual mix? Well, um, I uh, I feel like it's like, well, I was born on a Friday. Um, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I have to go through the story for it to uh, make sense. But um, I'm born and raised in Indiana. And uh, I knew at a very young age I wanted to be in television. Um, it, it was like, no doubt, I watched the uh, famous Jet Jackson for all those Disney Channel fans out there. And um, I, uh, or not fans, I don't know, you're six. You were a fan of whatever's on TV. And, right, um, that's true. <laughs> um, I, uh, and just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Now, initially, it was to be an actor, to be the famous Jackson, but um, within months, I just realized that, like, okay, that's not what I want, but I want to learn about this world, and just over years, just really wanted to learn it, but as I was doing that, I would ask questions. Um, My mom and dad taught me at a really young age, um, how do you, uh, because I'm a black person um, in a very white community, and so when I go out, I'm not rep- just representing my parents and my family. I'm also representing African-Americans because that this mm-hmm. is the only interaction they're going to have. So you have to be undeniable. And that has been pretty much their go-to my entire life, um, knowing that. So um, when I put my... When I put my effort into something I put my all into it and so that was my all into television and so I would go around asking questions what about this what about this and 
no one knew the answer because nobody i had no one there that could guide me well, um, yeah indiana any, yeah indiana, no, i'm indiana. from michigan yeah i'm from, from pennsylvania so oh really <laughs> yeah oh that's wild <laughs> pittsburgh pennsylvania pittsburgh i'm a cubs <laughs> fan though so we're enemies um and uh, so. it's okay i don't i i only like the steelers and even <sighs> then they don't play that well <laughs> And so yeah, I, I didn't um I didn't have a beacon that was going to be helping me um getting towards the goals that I wanted. Um so when so I just figured it out and eventually was fortunate, um, went to Indiana University, got my finance degree there, and then got to work at uh, MTV VH1 for four years in the programming department. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you that you hear that whole adage about small town kid making it to the big city. Like I literally, as a kid, watched Dick Clark um, countdown of the ball in Times Square and just was like, I would, I would love to be there. I would love to be that person. And then my very first day of work, I'm walking up Times Square, going to work at 1515 Broadway, where I have a perfect view of the very ball I looked at when I was a kid. It was a complete story, like for me, and um, legitimately, like it was like I made it. Like I finally here. Then, but. When I did that, it was kind of like, okay, I made it. It's time to get other kids to make it too. Because there's so many kids that are I know that are brilliant people who are working at a Target because they didn't have the money to be able to make that jump or um, have parents that are discouraging about media and going like, hey, no, you got to make it here and you have to have the kids here and all that sort of stuff. It's and a very Midwest thing, for that, sure. Yeah. For sure. And so, and th that's no hatred to anybody. Like, they, I get it. They want their kid to be safe and they want to be close because they're, uh, the Midwest fosters a community type feel, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But for people who really have those dreams that, that don't, of course, coincide with that. It's hard. Somebody to say well, let's. It's yeah. also <laughs> very true. Um, and so for me, after I got to MTV VH1, I just was like, let me start trying to uh, pay uh, pay it forward. And so would go back to Indiana University and talk to other uh, to kids there. And then when I officially, uh, then I went to grad school and that did not happen. But then I went to, um, um, then I got to UTA and um, and now luckily am in rooms for writers now. And it's super important to me to be part of a community like WGA Virtual Mix, where I'm able to give that expertise to people who haven't made that yet, or to emerging writers. Um, but also, super important to me to go back to Indiana University and mm -hmm. the Chapman, where I'm part of prog um, mentor programs um, for them. You um, went to so Chapman? Yeah, uh, for my grad school, yeah. I oh, got my, amazing. Yeah, I got my producing MFA there. Um, uh, four years after MTV, I realized that I loved it, loved the job, loved everything about it, but then um, but realized I wanted to write. and so. And one of the things I know is that you can read a book, you can um, take classes, you can watch YouTube stuff about writing and figure it out. But the one thing that writers lack in this industry is that they don't have a lot of producing experience because of all the stuff that happens. So I decided, let me go to school to produce. <laughs> um, and that's what I did. And so that's why I went to Chapman there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, and a lot of producing yeah. skills can just help you in life in general i mean a lot Absolutely. of it is just organization yes. you know what i mean in dealing with people below you or above mm -hmm. you or different types of groups of people or people yeah. that do different things it's, it's just literally like leadership and management skills mixed with basic life skills that everybody should know like yeah. organization mm -hmm. and yeah. planning yeah oh yeah and uh uh management like people management is going to be the number one thing that you learn yeah and that's the hardest one <laughs> and so because that's you literally having to anticipate all the issues and then you anticipate everything except for the one thing oh wait the 17 things because you can't anticipate everything it's just being able to adjust 
uh, quickly. Well, the question that this whole podcast is based around is what was something that you were scared of doing that you said let's to because a woman empowered you to do so and who was that person? Um, and I, I guess I kind of skipped ahead in the segment by answering this, but like um, I, I think the number one person in my life, uh, I'll say two really quick. Uh, the, the one I mainly talk about is my mom. Like she, uh, let me tell you something. She is in her 60s right now. And just over the last year, she finished, I'm exaggerating, but degree number 15. Um, I have not known a time where my mom is not studying, is not going to school, is not constantly learning, is not constantly pushing herself to be better. I absolutely know. queen. That's, yeah, that's incredible. I, like, it, absolutely. Like, she, um, she is a immigrant from um, Barbados, came and lived in New York City when she was 14, 15, had to adjust from that, and then has been able to live in, um, lived in, I want to say, Alabama. Alabama? Yeah, uh, Alabama, lived in Michigan, lived in Indiana, lived in D.C., um, has had to, so she's had to adjust her life constantly, and she can just go with things so easily, um, and it's not that, you know, her life is perfect. It's well, it's not, like but, a learned you know, thing now, yeah. because right. she had to learn to survive like that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, being undeniable really comes from the fact that, like, my mom is one of the hardest working people in the world that I know, and yet I also know that, again, in a very white place community she would never get promoted she'd always have to leave the place that she worked and able to get to that next level so for her it's just like look i have all the degrees i'm constantly learning i'm constantly getting better you know i'm smart and i'm struggling to make it to that next level we're not saying this just to scare you we're telling you this is the reality and so um that really in putting in that perspective just really made me really want to work hard, not just for myself, but for her, because to finally see somebody who doesn't need to have to leave a job just so you can get the value that you're worth. And so um, 100%, like 5,000% is my mom. But to answer more closer to the let's thing, um, I when I went to Indian University, I was a business major. So um, I pretty much but i hated the school so i hung out mostly in telecom where i minored and yeah. i met this amazing woman named Lejean uh, white who was at the time um one of the top brass of, of the telecom school and she knew i was a minor um and there are clearly people who are majors who um <laughs> probably deserve this more but she knew me we got to know each other and she was just like you know you have a lot of passion you're really motivated there's this fellowship that I think you should apply for. And I went, uh, I don't know, um, a minor, there are majors who are clearly better, like who are part of your school, you should be emphasizing. And she was like, She nah, saw kid. something in yeah. you. She said, nah, man, you, you, you gotta apply. Because it did specifically say you had to have a major and one of the majors was not the one I had. So I was like, oh, I don't know. But she was like, do it, you, you gotta do it. That fellowship is the reason I was able to get to New York City where I interned at MTV to then get the job working for MTV VH1. If it was not for Lejean saying, you better do it, I would be stuck in Indiana. Or it might be like, maybe I take a chance and go to LA randomly, but my trajectory would be nowhere if it wasn't for me getting that fellowship, which 100% was because um, Lejean White pushed me to, hey, stop being nice. Like, yeah, <laughs> go after yeah. the things that you want and 
I'll support you. And yeah, and I got that fellowship and a lot of majors were upset. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we always hey, talk about that's on, on them though. True. <laughs> I guess that's they should have been better. <laughs> been better. <laughs> we true. do always talk about that a lot of times in this industry or in anything, you there has to be someone to break the rules, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you know, possibly being a rule follower at the time too, were like, what it says, like, if I don't, I, my major isn't under here. So why would I do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that holds a lot of people back, even in like applying for jobs or anything. They're like, well, I don't meet every single bullet point that's under here. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that could do that job yeah. that meet so many of the other things and they should just apply anyways. We're telling all of you now, yes. apply to uh, things um, that my- you're not, you don't think you're qualified for. Do it anyway. Well, we're back with I'm a blank where we choose a movie or TV show and decide which character we are and the backstory of why (laughs) this week we'll be doing the Apple TV plus comedy the after party a murder mystery comedy where a high school reunion turns deadly I do have to point out (laughs) yet again (laughs) when we said it together everyone has the same reaction (laughs) where they're just like huh at first and then it's just immediate laughter and every time well joe we know that you worked as an assistant on this show season two which is yet to premiere and i'm very excited about that when is it july uh july 12th wow knows uh, the exact date love it put it in your calendars yesterday (laughs) so i had to remember (laughs) what well out of the characters in season one who do you think you are most like and why? You can even give a little backstory to this. You can do whatever you like, whatever you relate to. Uh, Well. I think I already know. Yeah, I feel like this is, for anyone who knows me and who knows that show, it's like the most obvious freaking answer. Uh, yeah, the main character, Anik, um, the African-American who um, in season one uh, has a crush on Zoe um, and, you know, tries is trying to get to know her but there's this murder in the way <laughs> so i hate um, when that happens yeah, exactly right it's so so rude um and so yeah it, it, uh if no one's watched uh, the after party uh it's a phenomenal show pretty much about uh uh these kids go to a high school reunion and when they go to the after party uh one of them gets killed and so the uh, tiffany haddish who plays the detective comes in and pretty much gets a account of that day and each episode follows one character. Uh, and the cool thing is that with each episode, they change the genre. So in the beginning, um, Anik is the rom-com genre. But later on, um, one of the characters is like action uh, genre. Another one is like a horror genre. Like they, they mess up with the, they mess it up with the, mix it up with the genres. One of them's a musical, episode three, Jasper. Love perfect. that, love that perfect, one. Perfect, love perfect it. episode. Um, those songs get stuck in, you, in your head real easy. And so- um, I rewatched. Yeah. It this week so yes. i yeah yes and so but i but it is a very solid mystery um they really take a lot of time to make sure that is a, a justice i would say like it's up there with um uh, uh only murders in the building like i do think it's like really up there as far as like not only is it funny and comedic not only is it just the genre is also convincing it's also a very solid uh mystery throughout the throughout the season <laughs> We have we have, an, we have an animal that has joined us. <laughs> okay, people are gonna say ma- animal. It's like, is there a badger? A moose? Is it a lizard? It's like you can't call that an animal. That's like, it's, a, it's a bug. It's an, an insect. Insect. It's an insect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's my friend Peter. 
yeah, yeah, that's what his name is. Okay, oh, but I thought it was Kyle. Kyle, stop. Oh, oh he does. Damn always it, come. that might be Kyle. Fucking Kyle. Well, Jeez. damn it, Kyle. Jeez, well, back to Anique. How? What? What makes you like him? Because the listeners don't know you. So yes. what? What? What is it about him? About what he's done and about how he acts? Yes, or who uh, he is. That's like you. <laughs> it's all. A little bit of it is also just like process of elimination of other characters I'm definitely not. Um, but um, part of that is he, he just has a kind soul that you look at and you just go, oh, Anique. And then um, at the same time, it's like when he sees a girl, it's like a whiff. That also is me. And so it's very, um, but more than that, it's much more of just like is African-American who in a majority white school um, just trying to, pursue what they want and i just really um i I acknowledge that knowing what they want but just going like ah but like just getting too in their head about it um all that type of stuff but also just like his general kindness um and his nerd them of like his uh weirdness with like knowing everything about escape rooms is my level for tv shows and so it's just like i'm weirdly coming up with references like oh kind of like that 1990 uh, 1962 episode of uh dick van dyke show where they did this and people like what in the what? <laughs> like, why Dyke do you show? know this? Why do you know this? I'm like, I've seen every episode of Dick Van Dyke. Is that weird? Um, and it's not. It's a great show. Everyone should watch it. Well, that's interesting because Hannah, I already know who you are, but uh, why don't you tell us? I wrote down that I'm Jasper. Oh my word! But not, not because. Spoiler alert, not because he's the murderer. Um, because I am not a murderer. I just really like the musical oh, you're theater not? aspect. That's Obviously, exactly w- I'm not a murderer. <laughs> I don't know. That's what Jasper also said. Right. So he said that for many episodes. It, I don't know. For many episodes. At the end, he was like, Anique, I don't, you, come on, you believe me, man. I know. Well, that's why I was like, you guys are together this whole fucking season. I know. So. I didn't know. It wasn't actually me. Oh, my word. I know. Framed. Is, yeah. Is this even your I podcast? Was framed. No, <laughs> <laughs> Shh, you're not supposed to tell them. Um, but I wrote down Jasper because, listen, he's played by the iconic Ben Schwartz. Yes, love that man. He's incredible. Loved him on Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, were you? We love John Ralphio. Were you gonna choose John Ralphio when we? I did was, Parks and, and I Rec honestly too? just think it's because I love Ben, ben Schwartz. Schwartz. <laughs> I was like, you're not John Ralphio. Listen. <laughs> He's just in the beginning. He's such a joyful character. He's living life as if it's one big musical, which I love. I feel like every moment of my life has some sort of song and dance attached to it. But only to Ska, though. Yeah, see see that long pause audience? That (laughs) that was her reconsidering who she chose. I mean... (laughs) As soon as you both looked at me... (laughs) Like I had just killed someone. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm not Jasper. Um, but it, the, this is, you don't know this about me, but the listeners know I sure. love Mamma Mia more than anything in this life okay. ever. I okay. There was one year where I watched it four months in a row every single day. It was a depression Ooh. phase. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just like, that good. <laughs> that was my depression movie. That one and the second one, I would just watch them back to back all day long for four months. And it was glorious so i think that's why i relate to jasper a lot because he just he wasn't the coolest in high school he wasn't the nerdiest either i think he feels like he was misunderstood and never like got the girl when he was younger so now Mm -hmm. he feels like he has something to like prove of himself even though he really doesn't he's just trying to be a part of the cool kids group like a little too hard which i i don't relate to okay 
Um, I really, I really just think it's the musical part. Okay, what was your character? I picked Danner. And I realized the irony of me saying that I would be a character that is a cop. Uh, But even the fact that her dad told her that it was a job that girls don't do and really sucked me in Mm. because that is very relatable for a lot of women. You know, we often get told that kind of stuff. Um, I noticed also that Danner is very good at relating to the people that she questions or interviews. She's very personable, which isn't, you know, we don't often really see that in cops on any cop shows or anything else. Um, She really gets to like the inner workings of the mind or the psychology behind it all, which is exactly what I try to do when I'm trying to solve a problem or when I'm, you know, writing characters or whatnot. Um, And she also isn't afraid to say what everyone is thinking, which is definitely a very me thing. (laughs) Um, She points out when people are being ridiculous and notices tiny details about their demeanor or actions to like figure out what will work to coax like info out of them to crack the case. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that, that could work in anything that you're doing when you're talking to friends or you're talking to, you're trying to figure out a situation with a bunch of people. Um, And she also isn't afraid to go around her higher ups when she knows she can do something. Mm -hmm. So that bravery and false confidence is something I'm all too (laughs) familiar with. Bravery and false confidence in the same sense. (laughs) You have to have a little bit of You're so brave (laughs) for sharing that. (laughs) You have to have a little bit of both, you know? Um, I've definitely gone around my bosses, uh, before in the past and done something without being told to, uh, just to show that I could get what they needed done without them giving me permission to do so. Oh, um, that makes me such a an neek cause I would be too petrified. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, nope, I'm a neek. I, I gotta follow the rules. Be like, you tell me not to do that? Yes. Again, I, I reemphasize a white woman had to tell me to break the rules to go into this <laughs> fellowship. Like I clearly am like, mm, keep me in this box, please. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's usually, though, when they don't give me a good enough reason for why I can't do something. That's when it gets me. That's when I'm like, hmm, you haven't... Like, if they would give me some sort of reason why it would be really bad for me to do something, then I would be like, oh, well, I won't do that, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it's when they can't give me a reason that I'm like, hmm, I think I will anyways. Um, She also has a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she also has the ability to see good in people, even if she wants them to prove it to her, like Anique from the start of the investigation. True, true. So even when someone has been arrested before, there's a lot of evidence against them, I would be willing to dig to make sure that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and as someone who has done bad things in the past, but considers myself a good person, it's always been important for me to go like the extra mile to find the good in people. Just like you took the extra mile on this analysis of why you're your Danner. Yeah, I always do. Because I was just like, I did not go this in depth. Did I do it wrong? <laughs> I, I, I didn't uh, either. So uh, good. I, I always like, I like to like take the character and see like, okay, what from my life in their head that I'm watching them do mm-hmm. is the same as mine. So like it's deeper than just like w- what everyone would 
analyze of them you know what i mean no no actually and that's and that's also why that makes you such a good writer because you actually like you actually get deep within the soul of each of these characters to not just understand like the uh what does the character want what does the character need cool right like you actually understand like i need background i need maybe you don't need like you know their whole entire life's history but um just what you did is like this does not surprise me like you are like your characters like they are always fucking uh with life every time so um yeah anyway yeah there's a lot of layers to people and you gotta you gotta think of what the layers are that make the lines that come that they say later later we are back with the nostalgic segment called Let's Let's Go Go Back. Back. I've always been a big believer that things that happen during your childhood often affect your adult life. That tendencies you had then don't change all that much as you grow older, just the situations do. And I find a lot of my art or creations come from a memory or event from my past. So Let's Go Back is a segment where we tell the story of an event that shaped a project or creation we've had within film and TV. Joe, since you write young adult TV primarily this week, we're going to do our high school selves. If you're going back to younger you, what's something that happened in your life that inspired your art? So I used to be in charge of, uh, I used to be executive producer for my high school um, TV station. Um, So yeah, I was there for my freshman year. They don't allow freshmen typically, but I somehow convinced them like, look, I'm the shit put me in coach and they like, look at me, you yeah. getting it all yeah. over the place Hell that yeah. you're not supposed to be yeah and so they let me and then like i did it for all four years and um grew went up the ranks and was by my senior year um uh, the executive producer and um we <laughs> you guys know your new station like if you ever have a tv uh high school tv station on uh in your high school like you know it's like it's generally like today's lunch is chicken nuggets and the you know uh student console is gonna have something involving chicken for you to do for fun some fundraiser like it's nothing love chicken days love a chicken day nelson's was the best oh i i just took anna back (laughs) but anyway um so but there was a situation where our school now at that time i wanted to write but i was very pretty serious about like uh, and i knew i was going to go to uh, to indiana for my um finance but at the time i was thinking my minor would be journalism um because i really enjoyed doing that for the four years and that was writing when i didn't really notice in my mind that like you want to do writing um but i really enjoyed what i was doing and um but one day um i there was a issue where a coach had an affair with his with a player but we had a class literally because prior we had like a whole thing about what are the uh, principles of journalism and uh so this happens and so our teacher decides this is going to be a great conversation piece of like should we report on this and my you know self was like um we are a high school station the local stations are already talking about this i don't think anything we are going to say is going to add any commentary and the other opposition was well they're doing the very like two minute type thing um we can do it in a really respectful way that still informs our kids our people about the stuff because they're not watching the local news um and so instead of making it become a rumor a rumor mill of stuff we can literally state the facts so that people don't go around trying to start that stuff because then they everyone has the facts uh and i was very which they busy. often do everyone was going to mm-hmm. be talking about it anyway right. so you might as well yeah which is kind of fair but also i'm like you really think students give two fucks about <laughs> um, facts um no like we're just fam- uh, fanning the flame so it was literally split half and half 
Uh, and so it came down to the teacher. And I remember my teacher going, we're going to do it. You three go and start doing um, pieces for it. And I just remember after that decision, I was so livid because I'm like, this is none of our business. Like we have no business talking about this. We are younger than a lot of us. I was one of the only seniors on that team, maybe one other one. Everybody else is like, they're so young. Like this is not something they should be doing. I get the fact that you want to teach about like, how do you, how do you teach doing a sensitive story? Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is the way to do it. And I have to give them credit. That story was so well done. Um, I give credit to those guys. They really did a very uh, tactful story. I come in the next day to the studio and I have a letter that's waiting for me. And it's one of my friends saying, I can't believe you did this. This is devastating. And let me tell you a story. The girl that was assaulted or uh, had an affair was in class when that happened. And she bawled her eyes off, left the classroom. And now everyone in the school knows, knows who the student is. Oh, we're, man. Not, we're, we're just not even talking where our mouths are just open. And guess what? Because I was respectful, I wanted to stay away from the whole story. The person who had the affair with the coach was one of my very good friends. <gasps> oh, no. Right then and then, I decided I can't do journalism. I'm done. Because if it, because at some level, and you see it sometimes too, like the idea, like you have the Boston bomber that happened, and then you have a lot of people go like, it's this person, and then it's like, it ends up not being that person. Sorry, we ruined your life for a solid five hours. Like it just becomes this, like, at some level, it becomes a witch hunt, and that is not a disrespect to any. Like I absolutely love great journalism. Kim Masters, shout out, uh, Hollywood Reporter, one of the top um, uh, reporters in the game. So love her. Um, New York Times has a lot of great writers. Uh, even Wall Street Journal has a lot of good writers so i still very much respect journalism on such a high degree um but on some cases the stories you're going to have to do it's literally going to be ruining somebody's life and for me i just like i i can't do that so that kind of puts you on the trajectory to do something else with writing that was not exactly. perhaps journalism exactly. oh yeah absolutely um and so that well, and if you get to write about them in like a fictional sense too you can still take you know, the ideas from maybe what happened, I'm just throwing this out there, yeah, what yeah. happened in that sexual assault or something and put it into one of your scripts and show, and nobody knows who it is, but it still helps people that have experienced that at some point, but it's not hurting the people that it actually happened to right. by putting it in there. Right, I, I think that with the, and to make the connection to the, my writing, it's like, yes, I, I write young adult dramedies and um, one of my things that I really am passionate about is making sure that the characters are aspirational. Um, they have goals that have nothing to do with romance. Uh, that that there's no romance but like i don't want 22 episodes of this ben gonna fuck becky and let's see like yeah, that's not right. the stuff i care about i like to have kids who like my goal is this and i have blinders on because i want to absolutely hit that but then at the same time you have 10 kids around them that also have the same thing and so they're just bumping into each other and that's how these conflicts happen um and so for me with that story um granted a lot of the stuff with the journalistic stuff like you just learn so much about how people operate um and having the chance to talk to so many students you just learn so much about like the varying degree of stuff and you kind of learn the more you talk to all those kids a lot of the uh the boxes of jock cheerleader nerd they once you learn about these kids it, those boxes slowly go away like those don't really exist everybody's just people and um something from that experience just really hit home of the fact that you could do every single thing right and that can ruin somebody's life 
that was absolutely zero percent upbeat. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hannah, okay. you want to bring us up? I'll what's bring. Lo- what, what's yours? I'll bring us. Go up. back to teenage you. Oh, okay. So our previous guest Jordan that we had on last episode actually kind of inspired this one with me. So if you listen to the last episode, you know that Jordan and I have known each other for a long, long time now. Probably close. Yeah, about a decade. Um, and we took acting classes together whenever we were younger in Pittsburgh. During that time, we were exploring kind of like what we wanted to do and where we wanted to go next within the industry within these next few years. And we actually developed a short script of a film that we had planned on doing when we were probably like 17, 18 years old Mm -hmm. called Staged, which centered around a girl named Taylor Woodson, who was a young actress trying to make it big in Hollywood. So really, we were just basing this on both of us. (laughs) Um, We catered the character to have these characteristics of each of us within her. And then we kind of went from there. We built out different characters and who they would be within her life and her story and kind of how how it was all stemming along. But the show itself was supposed to go back and forth between reality and dream sequences of flashbacks of Taylor from before she got her big break. And the film would also follow her through the breakthrough, heartbreaks, trials, tribulations, ups and downs of things happening to her on set and so on. But the reason behind us creating this was for us to branch out and spread our wings and prove that we could do more than just play a character um and we never did anything with it however i still have the rough script and character descriptions and synopsis in my google drive and i just found it like over the weekend um and now i just like i looked at it and now i'm just like laughing and seeing how (laughs) far we've come from that because it's so bad (laughs) it's so bad (laughs) like what like what give us an example of something that's awful about first of all the entirety of the thing it just said staged and then it had both of our names underneath it so the layout of the entirety of it is horrible (laughs) then underneath that second page synopsis and like 10 character descriptions and then it went into the script and it's like two maybe a scene and a half but it's just not it. It's not it. You and you and Jordan should just like record the scene and a half that you I have honestly, just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. I thought about sending it to her and like we could just play different characters and like make our voices different or like just get other actors we know to play these characters mm-hmm. for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. Just to see what we can do with it. Because I think it'd be hilarious. Really I think it would be more fun if you just kept the script exactly how you had it. <laughs> That's what and I mean. The, yeah. Yes. Like, I don't want to change it. I don't want to rewrite anything. We can just cap it at the half of the second scene <laughs> and call it a day. Yes. And leave it open for interpretation. I think so, too. Yeah, we'll Everybody's put it on our YouTube. leaving on a big cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on our YouTube. It'll be like an exercise that we do for Let's Go Back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. We have to. We have to. Well, you gotta tell her. All right, Kay. Done. What's tell us? Tell us about yours. Okay. Well, um, I talked about my camcorder that I got in sixth grade when we had our last episode with Jordan as well, and then it started getting me curious about my camcorder. So the other night, I sent a picture. I found it, and I sent a picture to Hannah, and I was like, "Should I watch these?" Yes. And who would say no in that scenario? Right. (laughs) I I know, but I was it was like I was nervous to watch them for some reason because I was like, I have really have no idea what's on here. And also it was, you know, a time middle school, high school years that like 
I haven't seen myself like that mm-hmm. in so long. Mm-hmm. So I watched them the other night in preparation for this. And uh, I did find that there must be a tape missing, though, from from what I found. So I got to like ask my grandparents or something if they have it somewhere. <laughs> um, but me and one of my best friends, Jessica Aronson, I will call her out because I know she listens to this. Uh, we started our own show. This was in eighth grade, by the way. I want to mention that this is before The Simple Life, before Paris and Nicole okay. had their own reality show. So most reality shows that were out were mostly like dating like you know type things or really really yeah real world where you put like a bunch of people but there was none that were like oh these are like two people and we're just like following them around like on on, like their lives so we decided to start our own reality show essentially um in eighth grade and so some of our first episodes or check-ins, I will say, included me driving her around when I was like 13 years old. Like one was a whole segment <laughs> on me just driving her car, her freaking out because oh, I was Lord. 13. Obviously, I was not supposed <laughs> to be driving. <laughs> we got to watch these. Absolutely. <laughs> They're like, so cringy to me. And also the camera movements are like all over the place. Yeah, like you're probably <laughs> just like shaking. Oh. Yeah. Wait, you didn't have a steady cam the entire time? Yeah. Yeah, wow, no. Kate, you guys were fucking slacking. I know we really were. <laughs> get it together. Um, sometimes. Michigan. What can you say? Seriously. <laughs> well, sometimes we would go to Rockford, Michigan, which is like about forty minutes away from Zeeland, Michigan, which is where we went to high school. Because um, I was originally from Grand Rapids, and my dad still lived in Rockford. So sometimes, like on the weekends, we would go to my dad's house for like a weekend awake type Ooh. thing. Um, so we would record there. I'm there's some like where we stayed in a tent outside in the backyard (laughs) of my place why are you dying (laughs) we would go there and we would record (laughs) like 40 minutes away woohoo um yeah um a lot of the tapes were in the car with her driving and me doing like a check-in on what we had done that day i remember one of them i specifically recorded on my phone and sent to her because we go i say something like yeah we're so bored we went to 7-eleven today mcdonald's her grandma's house two movie theaters we didn't find anything to watch we went to so-and-so's house like we went to like seven different places (laughs) we're just driving around looking for something to do so bored oh my so bored um where'd you get at mcdonald's I mean, Ooh, I don't know. Question. Probably chicken nuggets. Yeah. You know, we're going back to the <laughs> chicken, chicken nugget nuggets. thing. So Jess got her license a year earlier than me because I notoriously skipped fourth grade. So I was very young in my grade. Notoriously? Um, yeah. What's notorious about skipping a grade? Be- well, because the, for the listeners, they've oh. heard me say that before. Uh, so, I you know, you like, it's probably an- annoying for them for me to repeat it all the time. I was going to say, nothing's more gangster being, being being smarter than everyone in your class. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I guess that's a G move. I guess. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But we also had this thing called Beach Week uh, where we'd go to Holland State Park and all different families would like stay in their campers and then like everybody would hang out and like fuck around at night, you know, and like sneak out and go to the beach or whatever. So we recorded then. Um, 
And then many of them involve random boys that we would pass the time with. Um, and when we were, we got to watch these when we were bored. <laughs> and honestly, nobody liked to be on camera at this point because this is like a time when your cell phone didn't record anything. You know what I mean? It's right. it's just interesting to think about because now everyone's like, as soon as a phone goes on them, they like perform. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're like yeah. ready for it. Now, like back then, every time I would put the camera on someone and be like, hey, what are you up to, Ryan? They'd be like, get this out of here. I don't want to be filmed. I didn't know you were friends with Cartman. That's crazy. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I am. Yeah. You guys were vlogging before vlog. Before vlogging was yeah, a thing. Yeah, hundred percent. We started it. That's insane. Um, subscribe it. to my channel. <laughs> some of some of them we were sneaking out or like in bed, uh, like at a sleepover or something. And there was a light on the front of the camcorder, and I would always like cover it with my finger so that it was only like partially on us, because otherwise it would blind us while we were recording. Mm -hmm. And every single video like this, I'm like, my finger is burning. My <laughs> so high I, we have to do this quick because my <laughs> finger hurts it's burning on this light <laughs> and i will say that nothing we were doing was at all interesting but it is nice to look back at like a time capsule of who you were almost 20 years ago um i definitely had quite the michigan accent then mm. um which i am glad did not stick because watching it back is so cringy to me i had so much acne too and my hair was awful um, but the best part about it was that I was able to capture a moment. We did go to my lake house one time in one of them and I have like my little cousin. I sent her a thing. She's 22 or 21 now. And she was like four years old, like tap dancing for us and doing gymnastics and stuff. Mm. And then I also was able to get my grandpa on there who passed away like two years Aww. after that. Um, he was the person who encouraged my writing and my drawing, probably the only person in my family that did. Wow. And he's the person who taught me how to be funny and how to tell a story. Um, so I'm glad that we got all those moments, you know, before we had phones and I was able to capture him in his true essence, yeah. which was roasting me the entire time <laughs> literally it's like me it. being oh, like grandpa am i your favorite grandchild and he's like nah i can't stand you <laughs> and me being like do you like any of your grandchildren he's like can't stand any of them <laughs> like just he's talking about seinfeld and the soup nazi like he's he's Great. talking about like all sorts of stuff and he doesn't want to be filmed too he keeps putting his hat over his face <laughs> And oh, be, what a king. And being like, I know you're filming. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It's just on standby. And he's like, you're lying. You you're, you're a liar. Shining bright in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to get him to sing for us. He would not do so. Oh. But, you know, all those those fun things. So I got to watch that just the other day. Oh, that is really cute. So now we are back with a segment called How, How Do We, we Get, get Here? here? We're going to take a scenario, occupation, inciting incident, etc., from a TV show or film and imagine what it would be like if we were the characters. You is a sort of psychological thriller-esque drama you can now stream on Netflix, where, spoiler alert, we'll give you a few seconds to speed past this if you haven't watched it. Joe Goldberg kills many a people over his lusts of certain women he falls for. 
Well, and you, Joe, not the Joe Goldberg we're talking about, which I'm sure you've heard many a times, worked on uh, the most recent season of You as an assistant. So you are all too familiar with the plot that leads into season four. However, for the listeners, season three ends with Joe killing his spouse, love, and then faking his own death. He then gives his son away to his co-worker Dante, leaving him on his doorstep and runs off to Paris to find Marianne. So Joe, if you were the infamous Joe Goldberg in a situation like this, where would you run off to to start a new life for yourself? What new profession would you take up to stay under the radar and what does your season four look like? Hypothetically, of course. Hypothetically, um, after I had killed many people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I gave it a lot of thought. I'm Um, glad. Because uh, I've been to a couple places around the world that I actually really enjoyed and loved. Um, But uh, I'm going to pick, if you know, kill, run. Um, I think I would go to Hamburg uh, in Germany. Um, That to me is, oh man. See, <laughs> buyer's remorse immediately. My <laughs> brain just went like, but how about the other ones? Um, but no, I, uh, if you haven't been to Hamburg, it's a couple hours away f- north of um, Berlin mm-hmm. and uh, uh, north, west, west. Uh, and that place is, um, I've, I've lived in New York, I've lived in LA, I've gone to Sydney, I've gone to all, uh, all these places. And for me, I think the perfect city is a city that, um, it, it's a city, but at the same time, there's green. Like, I'm from Indiana. Like, I like nature on certain levels. I don't mean, like, let's go camping just randomly right. uh, every day. But, like, I need green. I, I need green around me at some point. When I was in New York, every Sunday I was at uh, uh, Central Park. Like, it, it was sincerely one of my favorite places in the city. And so, for me, Hamburg is a perfect integration of uh, nature. Like, uh, like, think of, like, a state park level. And then throw buildings on top of that and it's just like an oasis of like yeah it's the city but like they have bridges where you can walk and it's over this really nice canal and right next door there's like a like you can have lunch in the park um and, and it's no matter where you are it's like a walking distance to that park right and so um they also have sports there professional sports um so that way like it's uh you can go to like a equivalency of like a dodgers game but like it's also super cheap um to go to those things so it's a nice place to just hang um also <laughs> they also <laughs> they also i need to know they also have a canoe through. That's right, <gasps> ladies and gentlemen. Mean? What does that mean? You can get on a canoe and go to Canal, and there is a restaurant where you can go on the canoe and go through their drive-through on your canoe. Yeah, this is like we were just talking about (laughs) McDonald's, and now here we are. McDonald's got to step it up. I mean, seriously, it it, it, honestly walking through that place just made me feel like I need to live here. Um, Especially if I was a fugitive. Yeah, uh, well, especially if I was a fugitive, but mainly mainly because I'd be happier here than maybe America. Um, And then, um, but the profession I would pick, I kind of this one's kind of a cop out, but I promise you, like I legitimately want to do this. Uh, I would be a professor as well. Um, oh, just because I, I is actually a very serious thing. Like, uh, my main goal is to obviously become like a showrunner for writing. But one of the big things I want to do is like I also want to be a professor. I want to be able to teach kids. Um, English uh, or what? 
No, screenwriting. <laughs> oh, well, I meant like English, like literature. I didn't mean uh, like English, like the language. You oh, I guess I mean? you're right. I'm in Germany. So would I be teaching? <laughs> I guess I, that's very true. That's very fair. So I guess that does kind of put a loop into it. So I guess I would have to teach them English. Yeah, I guess. You could learn German. I and could, then yeah. teach them screenwriting in German. Yeah, I guess I would have to do that. Dang, that's a or snag. You could, just... Or you could teach American screenwriting. Ooh, yeah, I mean, Ooh. yeah. Like because history of American screenwriting. I mean, but it's something. also like crazy because Germany does have a decent uh, film industry there, but so many people do come to America trying to make it as uh, actresses mm -hmm. or um, as writers. Um, we, One of our roommates literally came from Germany to come and like really legitimately try to do um, um, acting. So um, he would help school. you escape over there. Uh, she, she would definitely help me. You need other <laughs> connects in Germany? I still have family out there. Oh, no way. Yeah, hit me up. Let me know. Where? We can um, hide in you. In Frankfurt. Frankfurt is baller. You're a professor. You're you're in Germany. How do you think how do you think your season goes? Like what's going to happen? Oh, what goodness. are the what are some of the obstacles? Uh, <laughs> not knowing German <laughs> will probably be <laughs> number one. Um, but uh, I think my season four would probably. <laughs> I love that. It's like I wish it was just more chill. <laughs> it's just like yeah, you know, just go off, go off to Germany, and then nothing bad ever happens. <laughs> but that is such an unique version of that you. That is. Um, but I think that uh, if I killed somebody, uh, I think the bigger issue is, um, and sorry, I'm going so deep into this. This is so unnecessary. But in Germany, there is actually, um, it's so interesting when you get there, um, you will only see German flags uh, at the airport and at their um, uh, at their buildings, um, the government buildings. You will not see flags elsewhere um, because it is a sign of nationalists now over there. And so if you're just waving the flag, they're going to assume that you're a nationalist. And I actually ran into one while I was over there. Um, they were initially started off nice, going like, oh, you're American. And I go, yeah, cool. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit. And then he goes like, so you come to this country and you don't learn German. And I go, I know very, 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 very little German. Um, I can count to 100 in German. That's what I got. And then he suddenly. Very useful. Yes, very, very useful. Very useful. Look, uh, I had, I needed spy quarters i don't know um, and they gave me the right amount of quarters so i'm like eh. um but then this person starts shouting at me in german um now luckily i had my friend who, who was with me and so they shouted back and then my the other friends were like come with us so i think my problem would be uh, i feel like the murder stuff like i get away with it but the problem is i'll be in germany dealing with racism dealing with um Amer being an american living there so my issues would just be like uh, uh other professors who would be like this guy is a hack. He doesn't know nothing about anything. And then I would try to quiet them silently. Mm. Um, that's how I would go because I. But it would be fine and justified because he's a racist, so it works. Right? Well, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But then you know he has some wife that's like some part of the government, and then that becomes a whole thing. So yeah, um, but we're killing off the problem. If you're asking for an ending that is similar esque of the U version, it probably is me being closer to um this uh a student or close to uh, a professor who's great, but then they're being halted in their life because of this racist nationalist person um and yes. so i kill them but then that starts an international incident that probably gets me um in bigger trouble and then it suddenly becomes jason Bourne, and then i becomes that whole thing wow it's a crossover it's Damn. a crossover yeah yeah first off 
I want to say that the end of You Season 3 was such a frustrating yet satisfying way to go out, mm-hmm. um, which often the best endings are, um, because that just makes you want more and more, obviously, which is what good TV is. Um, I do sometimes uh, get a little upset with how much Joe is getting away with. <laughs> Because I, you know, find it kind of unrealistic, but that's what also what TV is. But I thought at the end of season three, he made sure to dot the I's and cross the T's. Everything felt like very much believable to me. Um, And so if I was going to run off, I would definitely take the water route and live on a boat. Um, I'm thinking somewhere off of the Amalfi Coast. I lived in Italy for some time and Ooh. I love the Amalfi Coast. Um, that way I could pop into like any of the little islands and like dock my boat and have different experiences on like different ones, whether it be Amalfi or all the other little ones. And then you could also kind of blend in with all the tourists that go there. You know, because there's always a lot of tourists that go to all the different places, which I will inevitably get caught by the guy who's supposed to kill me, you know, out on on the boat, like such as season four happens. And so I will have to make a life being a limoncello maker. Okay. Which lemon groves are really big in the Amalfi Coast. And I will fall for a man who owns the lemon groves that I get the supply from. Ooh. And his family will, of course, have been there for generations. I think I might do some sort of, just to make it real interesting, you know, have some sort of mob ties to, like, his family that we don't know. They're, 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 lemon, they're a lemon mob, maybe. A fruit mob. <laughs> a fruit mob. <laughs> they're, they're fruit mob. But perhaps if I'm going with the current theme of season four, I would accidentally be killing people who ruin the Italian culture uh, (laughs) that they've come to see. So ones that I don't feel are respecting the people who have like lived on these, you know, islands for a long time. Um, And the irony of that is, is that here my character is not Italian. I'm not Italian. uh, Trying to change the limoncello culture as I end up opening up a limoncello pairing bar which accidentally attracts a bunch of trendy influencer types. Oh, no. So I'm attracting the people that I don't want to be on the island and that I'm killing in the first place. So I become the face of what brings those people there in the first place, therefore increasing the problem of what I was once killing for. Damn. Dang. So when are, so because you're going to Italy, I just want to know, are you best friends with Hilary Duff in this scenario? <gasps> I mean, I would love that. I love Hill. Yeah. Sing to me. I, I've done her makeup before. I've what? heard from paparazzi. This is a true story. We have no pictures way. together in, in, in the paparazzi in Just Jared. I'll show you sometime <laughs> if you want to see it. <laughs> show me sometime. I'll show you sometime. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. Look, I'm just saying, like, this is what dreams are made of. And this I, is what I, dreams I, are I'm, made I'm, of. I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of it. I'm going to start off by saying that you was one of my favorite shows to come out of oh, Netflix nice. over the course of the past few years, Aww. like most. Um, so if I were to put myself in Joe's shoes for a season. Goldberg. Joe Goldberg's shoes. Yes. In this season, I don't necessarily think I would put myself in his shoes. I'm going to kind of flip the switch here. Uh-oh. And I'm going to pull a little bit of an army hammer moment. 
Um, I would oh, start no. not not in that way. I'm not going like, to be cannibal. Wrong I'm person. Not, to I'm not. I'm not going to be a cannibal. Um, I would start the season off with a completely different identity altogether, as Joe does most of the time. But I wouldn't be Joe Goldberg. I'd be going to the or Joe Goldberg would be going to the Cayman Islands to hide out. He would change his name, get a completely new identity, cards and everything, and just start anew. But first, he would go get his son. So now, as we know, at the end of season three, Victoria Pedretti, who plays Love, was killed off. So so we so we saw uh, because Joe Goldberg burned the house down and took their son with him. So for my version, I'm going to be Love and she's coming back for vengeance. She didn't actually die in that fire. She got out. She she crawled out of there coughing up smoke. She lived. So she goes on a mission to find Joe and her son, primarily to get the son back uh, because, you know, she's a genius. Anyway, she finds out that he has gone she's to the Cayman psycho. Islands. <laughs> she's a genius. She's a genius psycho. Yes. 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 Um, but because she has all of this money from her parents, she hires a private investigator, finds out that Joe Goldberg is living under an alias by the name of, we're going to call him Jonathan... Hammer. Uh, wasn't his name wow. Jonathan in the show? Was it? His new his new name was Jonathan, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Julius Hammer. Julius Hammer. <laughs> okay. Um, and she will start blackmailing him. But instead of blackmailing him as love, she'll be blackmailing him as the ghost of Beck from season one. Ultimately, oh, wow. Love tracks that phone number to the Cayman Islands, shows up and develops an intricate plan to kill him and take her son back to the States. Joe ends the season dead and gone, and we get a fifth season where Love takes over for Joe to pay him homage because she is still in love with him. Wow. What? Yeah. It's confusing what? as fuck, and I love it. <laughs> This is completely disrespectful to Sarah Gamble. How I was going to say, call you? up Sarah. Call I'm calling Sarah right Sarah. now. Call her. Being like, girl, this is your band, Joe. I mean, Joe Mwamba. Listen to this. But maybe she would let a female led. I don't know. Maybe she'd be into it. You know? I just loved how insane, like, Victoria Pedretti played that character so goddamn well where she flipped the switch so quick of like, oh, we love her. We feel bad for her because she's going through all this trauma, blah, blah, blah. And then she turns out to be a fucking psycho. Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. I mean, I did love it. I enjoyed it as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's nice know. to see a female play a character that comes off like that. But she's also so incredibly infatuated with joe goldberg that mm. it's like she's doing this as kind of to gain his love yeah so i feel like love. her killing him off is like the ultimate showing him how much she loves him but she doesn't realize how fucked up that actually is yeah true i yeah. mean you could also uh camouflage it in the sense of um the sun in the sense of like you put you risk all of this putting my son in danger and so this is your punishment and so True. you can camouflage it in that type of way too. yeah i also think You'd i want to add on more. to this yeah. that this can go on for a few more seasons but then they fast forward to whenever the son actually grows up and then he turns into a mini joe goldberg oh no both of his parents are fucking psychos true i feel like it would just be much better if he was just a very you know patient nice accountant 
And then he, you, I was totally kidding. You, you guys were like very serious about <laughs> really? it. Really? Like, I really want really? Joe's dad son to just be an accountant. And all he wants is just a normal life. Stop killing people, dad. But nobody liked it. Nobody thought that was a good joke. That's okay. We can we can cancel. Oh, I was in on it. I was like, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> About the boring accountant? Yeah, yes. Because then what if love is like, no, you have to do this. It's family tradition. Ooh, yeah, tradition. Yeah. Got, this is the family biz. <laughs> this is the biz. This is the biz. It's like the mafia, but not. Yeah, see, we have, can have a crossover. So what you do is me that and you yours. put your knife under like this and he's just fumbling around like, I can't do it, dad. Yeah, then it could be it could, it could, be could a comedy. into a comedy. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, let the theme song and just change it so it's like family matters instead. <laughs> yeah, like... it's actually the Jeopardy theme song <laughs> as he's fumbling with the knife. <laughs> Waiting. Oh, Waiting. Just Joe and Love look at each other going, what the fuck? Well, Joe's in the grave at that point. He I don't know. Maybe he comes back. Oh, my bad. Uh, oh, he on the come back. If you're bringing, I was going to say, back. if you're bringing Love back, you got to bring Joe back. Yeah, you just, can bring him back. Just keep bringing, they're just really bad at killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really what comes down. And then the son kills both of them. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We it. have a whole new plot. Yes, we That's do. It. Netflix. Yes, come That's chat. It. That's it. Yeah, I'm very sorry. Well, sorry. You please don't look. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've got a bit ridiculous, it is time to go back to praising ladies in our life. And next we have let's, let's hear it for the girls. Since we love to end on a positive note, let's hear it for the girls is a segment where we shout out the female identifying people in film and TV that you, the listeners, should know about. These are the emerging or maybe slept on creatives that you can support and check out in the future. So, Joe, who are some of these individuals in your life that you're saying let's do that are killing it right now and why? I actually have a couple. Um, Stephen Wen, uh, Stevie Wen, um, a wonderful human being. I met her also uh, at uh, the writer's pa- writing pad um, class actually that I took. So I met her uh, and another girl who I'm mostly going to mention, uh, Amanda B- um, Barnes. Both of them, um, I've read the scripts. They're really wonderful. Um, Stevie has a great script um, about uh, somebody who is um, out, uh, who, uh, who comes out um, and is part of like a like gets gets sent to be corrected but then suddenly realizes that she's in the school that actually is encouraging of that uh of being um lgbtq and that and there's a power that she needs to learn um how to use that and wield that um and she gets help from a professor and such but then there's evil that's trying to you know down that flame um so she's a writer a tv writer oh yeah she's uh sorry these are all these are going to be all tv writers unless i say otherwise um and so um but stevie went um recently her short um, got um, recognized at the Austin Film Festival and her script recently got her as a notable writer on Outfest. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Amazing. Yeah, like role recently, st- recent stuff. And so I've actually personally been trying to send her out to managers um, so she can get rep like she deserves. So if um, Stevie absolutely deserves it. She's a incredible human being. When I got um, when I got my job uh, as a writer assistant that got an episode on Netflix, um, she was the first person to congratulate me. She actually took me out to dinner, gave me a gift of like this really cute uh, oh succulent um, which is still alive I'm very proud of that I actually Hell had to get yeah. a bigger pot now because it's grown um, and so uh, Stevie is like sincerely like one of the sweetest human beings uh, uh, on this planet and um, she deserves any, everything and also her birthday is this weekend so happy birthday Stevie oh, um, so happy birthday that's one um, same class actually they two were actually partners on um, during the uh, when we had we were signed partners so they were partners um, for that class but another one named Amanda Barnes she actually is, uh, had her first break um on a show called uh, uh, Crossing Swords, um, an animation that was on Hulu. Um, she just recently got into the WWFC p- 
pilot accelerator program oh, uh, for her yeah. script uh, as well. And so she uh, also another phenomenal human being, uh, really wor- one of the hardest workers I know in the game. Um, and so I'm really proud of her. And she also has a film that got, she wrote a feature that got bought. Um, they just finished production on it. Uh, oh, sorry. They finished production a while ago. Her trailer just came out um, oh for uh, like a Lifetime-esque type sh- uh, f- feature. Oh, that's um, amazing. And I'll I'm have very... to link that slash yeah. share that. Yes. Um, it premiered in Croatia, apparently. <laughs> but like, it will eventually get here. Um, and I'm very embarrassed that I can't think of the title of it right this moment, but I can look it up later. But, um, Am- but Amanda's just killing it and doing really, really well. Um, another one is Taylor Cor- uh, Cordale. Cordale? Oh no, she's gonna kill me that I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, but uh, Taylor is uh, sincerely. Um, she lives in New York and is uh, probably one of my b- uh, better friends over in, uh, over there, even though I can't pronounce her last name. And um, she's currently an assistant on Life and Beth. Um, but this girl, oh, this girl, this girl, Taylor. Um, I know I just said Amanda's the hardest, one of the hardest working people I know. Taylor is the hardest person working person I know. Um, this woman literally creates her own stuff. Uh, directs her own stuff, writes her own stuff, actually creates the stuff, and then she leaves New York to go to Atlanta to first AD her friend's films. And so she doesn't just work for herself. She con- she makes sure she helps others constantly. And she doesn't do it once. She doesn't do it twice. She does it constantly. She's always there, always a great friend. Um, uh, and her uh, script, I'm Always Blue, is a fantastic, fantastic, um, fantastic thing. Um, she just got into, uh, or she's currently in finalists going up on the ranks. Um, nothing official yet as far as the final, so I don't want to say, because um, I know that you're not really supposed to say stuff. But um, she's just doing so well and really killing it. And I really think that, like, of these people she need they people need to really be giving her shots because she is phenomenal and so much so diligent with her work um and then the last person because i wanted to be like okay i got three writers let me get an executive up here and uh catalina uh isabel um she used to work at uh uh hello sunshine um, great company yeah great yeah, company fantastic. um she really cares about uh really cares about genre really cares about books uh really cares about that stuff and she recently got uh hired to be an assistant over at uh, amazon um pretty much doing more uh more of those um big uh temple stuff um but she is also recently now uh h uh, hrts mentorship winner uh for their fellowship and so she's been going to like really cool exclusive um uh events uh including like di- uh, diverse events as well um and so uh, again, someone who not only really works hard and knows stuff, but uh, is one of the smartest people in the game, but she fucking cares. Like, she really cares about the work that she does, and it's not just, like, the bullshit, like, exact stuff just saying what she... She'll tell you how she feels, but it's always with with, with kindness and care. Um, and so she also needs to be recognized, because I know that on the writer's side of things, we always, like, give them credit, but we need to be on the buyer side, too. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of women over there, and we need to be adding more women women on the buyer side on the seller side in the exec rooms in the in the in the boardrooms um more diversity more women more di- more pocs in there mm-hmm. uh so and the only way we get them is if we're co- constantly talking about the women who are doing great stuff now and so um anyway sorry that was like my mic drop moment but yeah so those no. are the, those are the four that i have yeah. Oh, yeah okay so joe what are your next endeavors and what can people look out for and check out of yours in the near future 
Um, so um, you can check me out on my um, pretty much uh, Joe Might Like TV is my um, handle everywhere. Um, so you can check me out there. I'm mainly on Twitter. Um, if you're in the Los Angeles area, we do have events uh, for writers. Um, if you uh, follow me there, you'll usually get a lot of those events, um, such as the virtual events that we have for WGA Virtual Mix. Um, if, if you're also curious about um, that, you can DM me and I'll get you a link um, to, uh, to join that Discord. Um, but generally, yeah, uh, for me, uh, I just uh, submitted my uh, final rewrite for my Netflix show, um, and so I'm officially done. Um, so now I'm just um, honestly just focusing on the Discord group, focusing on seeing how I can help others and lift them up because I owe a lot of people reads and I need to get through those. Um, so until um, really until the uh, decision as whether we're going on a strike or not, um, really gets decided for me. It's just like working on myself, getting better, improving myself as a writer, while also getting coffees with and zooms with people who are uh, uh, emerging writers who may need a little bit of guidance. Since I have the t uh, closer to having the time to do it, so I don't have anything big on the horizon. Well, um, we should say that he's talking about his first episode of television, which is coming out on Netflix. That he was talking about the rewrite of. So that is. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Which that's a big deal. That's a huge yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you down playing it. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Hype yeah. yourself up. That's I great. It. I mean, I I, I mentioned it. It's <laughs> a, but like it's uh, but, that's season two of a show that hasn't uh, Splinter Cell, um, a Netflix show. It's going to be an anime um, based off of the two thousand um, Tom Clancy Splinter Cell video games. Um, that was announced as going to be a two season pickup, and so I'm on season two of that. Uh, season one has not premiered yet, uh, and there is no premiere date yet, and so that's why I usually go like, uh, there's nothing to announce yet. Uh, there's nothing to yes, go to but, yet. You know. But um, yeah. Yeah, I was on. I was a writer's PA on You season four. That's already been out. Um, and then July twelfth is going to be season two of After Party. Apparently, they're going to at some point my name will be mentioned. Uh, and so uh, that'll be fun um, thing scavenger hunt for you, I guess, <laughs> to hear when they say Mwamba. Um, but besides those two things, like as far as um, that script, like who knows when that will come out. Um, but uh, really, all I care about at this exact moment is how do I get better. How do I improve and how do I help? And so yeah. that's that's really where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's oh, the yeah. theme of what we've been talking about since the beginning of this. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a good theme to Ooh. keep on, though. Good thing I didn't change it mid podcast. <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. This was great. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you for inviting me. This is I, I sincerely because I watch I listen to your stuff, so I'm like, this is cool that I'm here hanging with you guys it's <laughs> cool having you here this is <laughs> yeah, a great episode yeah, and it was so much fun getting to know you no thank you thank yeah. you guys appreciate that we'll have many more let's stories i'm a blank how did we get here let's go back and hear it for the girls in future episodes along with several other fun-filled segments and guests in the meantime make sure to follow us on instagram and tiktok at ocs productions and let us know which segments you love and even which segments you don't like all that much. We have much more video content as of late, and we want to interact with you. Also, if you're on it, you may as well just rate us with a smashing five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. And why not write us a review on Apple Podcasts? Because you should. Um, and we will catch you next time for more. She said, let's. Let's.